Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope everyone is not only surviving, but thriving right now as we're going through this whole coronavirus quarantine. If you head back to my previous bonus episode, I talked a little bit more on some tips for still making your self-care a priority during this time. Being able to pour into yourself so you can pour into others is going to be very important during this really unsure time. I also included a freebie on there with a new self-care checklist that I created that I feel like everyone could benefit from right now to take the overwhelm out of self-care and help you start pouring into yourself. Just a reminder, I also have self-care coaching available now still at just an introductory $25 rate. This is a really good time to dial back in thinking about your own self-care routine and going through my proven three-tier coaching system to help you figure out what your self-care routine looks like for you. Make it simple and sustainable by going through some strategies together, such as what your daily habits are already and habit stacking on what you're already doing. I want to help you make this self-care routine into an ingrained habit you don't even need to think about. So head to the show notes to check it out and let's get into today's episode. Hey friend, welcome to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm your host, Emily Nichols. As a Whole30 certified coach, wife, busy working boy mom, and your self-care guru, I'm here to help you start putting yourself first without the guilt. Each week you'll hear motivating and practical tips on how you can create a habit of self-care through interviews with my amazing guests or quick solo episodes with me. After each episode, you'll walk away with an action plan and feel empowered to implement what you have learned into your life. So grab a cup of coffee, glass of wine, or your favorite sparkling water, and let's do this. You're listening to episode 34 of the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm so honored and excited to have my friend and fellow Whole30 certified coach, Christy Hugic on the show today. As you all know, I frequently like to bring on fellow Whole30 coaches because everyone has their own different perspective and story to share when it comes to their own health journey. And I knew I wanted to bring Christy on in the month of March because it's MS Awareness Month and Christy is living with multiple sclerosis. If you're not sure what MS is, I'll make sure to include a link in the show notes to the National um, MS Society webpage so you can learn more. But I know a couple other people who have been diagnosed with MS, and I know it presents itself differently in other people, but pretty much it's a pretty unpredictable disease of the central nervous system, and it's in the U.S., it's the most widespread disabling neurological condition. And researchers really can't say with complete certainty what causes MS. There's about a million people in the United States living with it. Um, And there's different treatments and new research coming out daily as far as how you can treat MS. But like I said, it presents itself differently in so many different people. And Christy does a really great job. She really has a servant's heart of wanting to share her story and help people with other um, diseases, even other than MS, to be able to treat them and live a life where they're not just surviving, they're thriving. So let me tell you a little bit more about Christy. She's a coach through and through. Like I said, she's a Whole30 certified coach. She's in Winter Garden, Florida. Florida sounds 
sounds about nice right now. <laughs> and she works at the Golf Channel. She's a coordinator, coordinating producer of the news, and they call her coach there as well. Um, she grew up coaching various sports, and now she also teaches a variety of group exercises, exercise classes. So she's a group X instructor like myself. So, but Whole30 was really... Um, part of her journey beginning in 2017 when she was diagnosed with MS. And we talk a little bit more in the episode about how you can support someone with MS and how through self-care and what she calls a few different areas of your life you can control, she's been able to manage it and be able to share her story and inspire others living with MS or other auto other diseases to be able to take care of themselves and con- and to think about what they can control versus the uncontrollable. So enjoy this episode. I hope you feel inspired and maybe share this with someone else that you know that's living with MS. Make sure to stick around to the end of the episode. As always, I'll be sharing my three biggest takeaways for you, and I can guarantee you there's a few big ones I really want you to hear. So sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Christy Hugic. All right, gang, welcome back to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm here with my friend, Christy Hugic. Thank you so much for joining me today, Christy. Thank you for having me, Emily. It's great of you to have me. Oh, I'm excited to have this conversation. I always like bringing on other Whole30 certified coaches because I feel like we each have our own niche to talk about and different perspectives. So, but before we get started, the first question I always ask my guests is what does self-care mean to you? So Christy, what does self-care mean to you? Uh, Self-care to me actually is um, when I feel like I need to stop what I'm doing and uh, make sure I reach around and give myself a big hug. Mm. Uh, And I always say self-care works a lot better when you just need an oil change versus when you need a new transmission. So if you can keep up with it and do it regularly, it's a lot easier than if you wait until things get bad and then you need to uh, try to fix them. So it's something that we have to keep up with, but it's challenging for everybody to try to get it in. And the other thing is that if, um, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people, other people. So those people that say, oh, well, I have kids. I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, you're, a better, you're going to be in better condition to take care of someone else if you take mm-hmm. care of yourself first. Absolutely. I love that analogy. Definitely doing some maintenance on yourself is going to help in the long run. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Oh my goodness. Well, Christy, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, like where you've been and where you are now. What's your story? Uh, The shortest form I can do is, um, you know, I grew up in Connecticut. Uh, I went to school in uh, Pennsylvania in East Stroudsburg, but I've always been around sports. Um, Sports has always been a part of my life. I'm an only child, so I always say that uh, all my teammates were always my sisters that I didn't have. Um, and then when I finished playing sports, you know, in college, I I was always around coaching. Um, so you know, coaching has always been a part of my life. I coached soccer, I've coached basketball, um, I've been a beach body instructor, I've been a personal trainer, uh, like you, I'm a Group X, you know, instructor. Also, and now, you know, now a whole 30 certified coach, but uh, my day job is that I work at the golf channel. I'm a coordinating producer uh, for the golf channel. So that, that keeps me occupied on top of this, but coaching is something I've always loved. And I think it's always been in my blood. So I'm glad that I've always found a way to kind of keep it in my life in some capacity. Yeah. I feel like that with a lot of people that are in some type of coaching industry, you've always like 
wanted to serve people or help people in some manner. And it's whether it's fitness or nutrition, there's a lot of different areas you could take it. But I feel like once you, you it's kind of ingrained in you and you take that with you in your life. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think like for me, it's just, you know, if I don't have that, I, I get, you know, a little fidgety. And so in my older age, I want to do it more and more because, you know, to me in my older age, it's about helping others and bringing them along. And even at the golf channel, you know, it's about bringing on the younger PAs that, you know, I've been in their shoes before when I started at ESPN, you know, I was that young PA that needed a mentor and needed someone Mm -hmm. to kind of help bring me along. So, you know, I feel like I'm doing it in all capacities of life and, and, you know, it's been important to me. And, and so I'm glad I, I can keep doing it. That's wonderful. I love that. Well, share with everyone, since we are Whole30 coaches, I'd love to hear how you found Whole30. Well, Whole30, uh, for me, you know, it came along um, after I got diagnosed with MS. And, you know, I obviously being a trainer, you know enough about nutrition. I, I was never an unhealthy eater, uh, except in college when we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> if only we knew then what we know now, we yeah. wouldn't have probably eaten like we did. But when you're playing basketball every day and you're eating junk food, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't really show. You don't really know it. But for me, you know, as a trainer, I had certain nutritional values that I would hang my hat on. And but when I got diagnosed with MS, I was like, there's got to be something more specific that I can do that will help me deal with um, MS. And every time I would Google MS and nutrition, I kept coming to the Whole30. And I had heard about it, but I think, you know, I'm kind of like a lot of people I deal with now where they've heard it, but they don't really know what it is. Mm -hmm. And then I started reading about what it is. And then I was that person that was like, oh my God, I can't do this. I can't drink my coffee black. So I'm exactly that person that Melissa was talking to in her book. And then I started reading the book and she's like, yes, you can drink your coffee black. (laughs) But I thought that would never be me because I drank uh, an upside down skinny uh, iced caramel macchiato every single day from Starbucks. So I never drank my coffee black. And guess what? Now, even though I use nut pods and things like that, I drink my coffee black quite a bit. So here we are. But anyway, (laughs) it's a whole 30 did help me um, deal with everything. And it, it, it is the basis of, of, you know, kind of the things that I focus on to, to stay where I'm at. And, and Whole30, uh, for me, when I started doing it, I, I just got attached to it and the way you feel. So I did a Whole60 out of the gates, uh, like I suggest to a lot of clients who have a lot of inflammation in their body, which is what, you know, I was dealing with. Um, I suggest the whole 60 to a lot of clients to get rid of that, you know, help get rid of that inflammation and really get a jump start so that you don't fall backwards uh, quickly. And, and that's what I did before I reintroduced anything. And I mean, I, I guess if you had to put a percentage on things, I'm probably like, even in my food freedom, I'm like 90, 10, you know, and really that 10% comes from the occasional craft beer because I actually like the taste of craft beer. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I have it, I don't have much, but you know, in my food freedom, you know, there's maybe a 10% wiggle, but I'm pretty much 90% feel comfortable just eating uh, whole 30 style. That's great. I love it when coaches talk about food freedom even more, because I think there's a misconception all the time, like, oh, you just eat whole 30 all the time. And it's like, no way I enjoy margaritas and cookies, but you know, I don't have like three margaritas. I just have one and I don't eat the whole package of cookies. I just eat a couple now because that's what's worth it to me. 
Right, for sure. And suddenly, I mean, it's just amazing. And you can attest to this, how mindful you become of everything you do and every habit you ever had. And, you know, I'll go to a tournament that I used to work at before when I wasn't on Whole30 and they would have little snacks there during the day, right? And I'm not a big candy eater, never was, but they'll have like little tiny cupcakes. And, you know, before the day's over, mindlessly, you've walked by there four or five times, had these little tiny cupcakes that you think when you're having them, they're just, oh, they're just little. And, and you're just doing it mindlessly. Like you're not mm -hmm. purposely going in there to do it. You're just walking by there and taking it. Now, every time I work at that tournament and I walk in that room, I'm like, I remember what I used to do, but I don't do that anymore because now we know. So it is amazing how much it turns, uh, turns you on to what your body does, what your habits are. It's, it's amazing. And when you can get that, as you know, under control, food freedom is is an incredible feeling. It really is to never have guilt over food and know you're the one in control. It's pretty, it's a pretty awesome feeling when you get to it. Absolutely. Well, can you share more a little bit about your MS journey with us? Like what that looks like for you? Because I have a couple of girlfriends who have MS and I know it presents itself differently and everybody. And when this is airing, it's multiple sclerosis awareness month. So I'd love to educate people listening a little bit more on what MS is. Right. And you know, like we were just talking about whole thirties, right? If you had a thousand different people, a thousand different people, a thousand different people's whole thirties would be different. And it, mm -hmm. it's the same for MS, you know, a thousand people would, would have a thousand different ways and combinations that their symptoms projected. And for me, you know, I'm one of the lucky ones, which has been actually a difficult thing to deal with mm -hmm. because I feel guilty a lot. Mm -hmm. I would have that guilt feeling of, you know, why is this person so bad and why, you know, why am I not, you know, and can I talk to people with MS because you felt like they're going to look at you and go, well, you're not, you're not feeling what we're feeling or that, or that kind of thing. But for me, you know, when I, it, it took a while to get diagnosed. Um, but how it was projected for me was because I definitely got a virus. So the virus brought it out. And so if I never got that virus, who knows if the MS would have ever appeared. It mm. might not have. But obviously when you have the virus, it triggers the autoimmune response and then your body starts rebelling against itself. And so it's causing damage when it's, it's trying to protect itself, but instead it's damaging you. So I got a virus and when I first got it, it projected like hives, believe it or not. So, and I had never had hives in my life or allergies. And um, I was on the road when it happened. I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for the 2016 US Open. And so mm -hmm. it's a tough spot to be when something's going wrong and especially a week that's that busy for us because you're feeling lousy and, and you got a lot of work to do. And you're, you, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, as the sports background tells me to play through, you know, I'm trying to play through it. So I would go back to my room after a day when I was having hives and, you know, I'd taken some Benadryl because one of my friends was like, Hey, look, you're having an allergic reaction to something. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have any allergies. So I have no idea what it could be. And, um, I went back to my room that night and it was projecting as pain, uh, through my body. Uh, I can't, it's hard to describe it, but it was going through my neck, my back, my hands, uh, you know, my legs. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, I felt like I was, I was like, what's going on here? Like, am I, am I okay? You know, I gave it one of those, like, this was a little shocking. And so, you know, I drove myself to the emergency room. They probably saved me in a way because when you do have a bad MS flare up, you can get um, steroids sometimes that'll help temper 
you know, the relapse and they did give me some steroids and that probably helped me in some ways. And they also gave me antihistamines because again, they thought maybe it's some kind of a allergic reaction. Yeah. So I didn't get any answers and to make a long story short, I went through the summer just continuing to have symptoms off and on. And there were days I would feel okay. And there were days I thought I was okay. And then there were days I was like, holy cow, this is still going on. And like all the blood works coming back fine. And you know, my, my regular doctor was like, well, I said to him, Hey, this is a really weird thing, but a few people I know at the golf channel have MS. And I said, is there any way that it could be MS? I'll never forget this conversation. Is there any way this could be MS? And he's like, first thing out of his mouth was, Nope, you don't project like you have MS. Right. And so I kind of got stuck in the niche of everybody looks at me and thinks I'm healthy, fit, and all that, and no, that it couldn't possibly be MS. So I did took going to an infectious disease doctor to find out the virus, found out I had a virus, then we're like, okay, when the virus is out of my system, I'll be okay. Uh, well, you know, a month later, I'm still having symptoms, and, and the, uh, the infectious disease doctor was like, okay, you gotta go to a neurologist. Go to a neurologist, you know, then they get a brain MRI, and then it gets complicated too, because I've got the lesions that showed mm -hmm. up. But um, I will never forget going to pick up the brain and neck MRI from the uh, MRI place. And I go to pick it up to get an extra copy to give it to my chiropractor because I have a neck that's a little bit finicky. So I said, well, let me let him look at the neck and take a peek at it. And I open up the MRI and read the report and see mm -hmm. in the report, I'm in the parking lot by myself at the MRI place and read that my brain has lesions that are projecting like their MS. And I'm like, what? You know, so I'm surprised too, you know, even though I had mentioned it, like, you know, it was surprising to me. And so anyway, I eventually needed a spinal tap to confirm the diagnosis because mm -hmm. I didn't have lesions anywhere else but in my brain. So on a day-to-day -day basis, the way it projects for me or the way it did project even with the symptoms is burning. I get burning skin. So I would feel it in my legs. I would mm -hmm. feel it in my, um, sometimes it was in my chest, sometimes my arms. So my biggest symptom um, even if I have a flare up, I'll feel it a little bit, uh, was burning skin, believe it or not. And that's, you know, I'm lucky. I'm in a, my lesions are in places where in the brain where, uh, you know, it, it doesn't do much else. It's just kind of there. And I, mm -hmm. I was like, how big is it? How big is that part of my brain? I asked yeah. my doctor. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, how big how is that is part? It to my locomotive skills and all that other stuff. Right, right. So they can tell a lot of times by looking at an MRI where your damage is, what your symptoms are likely going to be. So I'm lucky in that respect. So again, being lucky has meant being guilty, but it's also for me meant what can I do to help somebody else? Yeah. What can I do? Because I haven't had any knock on wood you know, per se relapses. I haven't had any new lesions because I believe what I do uh, every day keeps me that way. Yeah. Um, so I believe I could be worse if I didn't put the work and the effort into doing the other things that I do. So I just have that goal of just, you know, talking to ad nauseum about my story and hoping that somebody at home is like, can understand that, look, there are things you can do yes, it stinks. It's terrible. And I can understand how someone can get depressed really quickly. Mm -hmm. But 
there are things in your control that that you can do and the rest you can't worry about because it's just meant to be but there are things you can can you can do and the medicine is getting so much better and the, you know the stem cell uh research that they're doing you know you there might be a day you know who knows if it'll be in my lifetime but there might be a day when they can actually you know repair the damage that's been done and mm -hmm. and that's it's exciting um you know to see the advances that that can help the people that are really really struggling Hey gang, cutting in on this conversation real quick to tell you about my friends at The New Primal. I love this company not only because they make Whole30 approved sauces and meat sticks with just clean ingredients, but because of their mission of returning to the table. You know, food really does bring people together and with all of our busy lives, it's hard to sit down to a meal together with your own family and your other loved ones. But the new Primal is really focused on community and bringing people together around food. And why not do that with clean ingredients? I use their classic marinade weekly. Their mustard barbecue is the perfect dipping sauce and their ketchup as well. My kids love all their different spicy buffalo sauces as well. And like I said, their meat sticks are Whole30 approved, so I always have some in my handbag or in my glove compartment in my car if I need a quick emergency snack. So head over to thenewprimal.com and you can use the code EMILYNICHOLS22 to receive 15% off your order. So remember, go to newprimal.com and let us know how you are returning to the table and connecting with others through food and the new primal. You know, my girlfriends that I know that have MS, they have a similar route and how they got diagnosed. I'm here. I'm sure you hear this a lot too, where it presented itself in such different symptoms and it took a very long time to narrow it down to being MS. And, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of the doctors at that point. They're like, okay, well, you'll have to do this, 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 and this. But having some type of control, like with, okay, well, I'm still going to try to move my body if you're physically able to, or at least fuel my body to, you know, hopefully maybe reduce the inflammation that there's some power in that and taking back control of something that can be uncontrollable in your own body. Well, absolutely. I mean, as you know, most diseases, they're, they're coming from inflammation and, mm -hmm. and, you know, my, my dad, my dad, my, my grandpa's dad, um, they, there's a history of inflammation in the family and inflammatory diseases. So I always like, I refer back to that, you know, quote, and it starts with food a ton, you know, genetics loads the gun, but your environment pulls the trigger. Yeah. It sticks with me so much because yes, you, you, you might have the gene. You might. Okay. You might go do that genetic research and see you have the gene for cancer or what else, but you know what? If you can control your environment and you can you can do the things you need to like me to keep the inflammation out of your body. I mean, I have osteoarthritis in my left knee. I don't even feel it since I started doing Whole30. And I mean, I teach a high impact, you know, group fitness class on, you know, teaching Les Mills body combat. You know, when you're an instructor, you have to jump, you know, you have to do a lot of stuff, you know, you might be able to take low impact in the class, but if you're teaching, you've got to be able to do it at a high level. And, and I'm able to, I don't even feel it in my knee. So I firmly believe in it. And I firmly believe that the first thing you have to start with is your diet and the nutrition. Yeah. It's got to start there. That's so great, Christy. So what other ways has self-care maybe helped with you 
in managing your MS. Obviously, the way you eat is part of your self-care, taking care of your body right. through fitness. Because most people that are fitness instructors, you're very <laughs> obviously passionate about taking care of your body and movement in that way. But what other ways do you kind of incorporate self-care um, into your daily practice? Well, I mean, sleep is huge. Mm -hmm. And if you have MS, sleep is huge because fatigue could be an issue. Um, and the first thing my, you know, my doctor was telling me was like, look, you've got to get, you've got to get eight hours of sleep as much as you can. You know, you don't, you don't want to work overnight hours. You know, you really just want to watch your hours at work. And I'm lucky I'm at a place like the golf channel that, you know, allows me sometimes to work from home on days off and try to control the stress, but the sleep is huge. And so that doesn't mean I get eight hours every night. Look, no, you know, that's, that's difficult. Right. But I know that if I go, I think the magic number for me seems three days. If I get less than seven hours of sleep three days in a row, I have to stop what I'm doing and say, this is it. I have to rest. Nothing else matters. And sometimes you have to do that and you don't want to, but it's sleep is huge. And we as a society are not really, I don't think we focus on it enough, but I think the sleep is huge. And then, you know, I think meditation for me has helped keep the stress down. So for me, a lot of my symptoms were occurring at night and I was getting anxiety at night because I was afraid to go to sleep. Uh, for a long time. And so that anxiety, you know, it, sometimes it's like, hey, is this the MS symptoms or is this just like literally the anxiety? I mean, I've never had anxiety in my life, but it was, I think I pretty much had it when I was, would try to go to sleep. And so meditation makes a huge difference for me, you know, just shutting everything down and, and being able to meditate for five minutes, 10 minutes, you know, right before I go to sleep um, is, a, is a great thing. And, you know, we already talked about exercise, but, you know, I'm always telling people like, oh, you know, I don't want to stop moving. I'm afraid to stop moving because you never know what might happen if you stop moving. So any way, shape or form you can, you can move. I just did a, um, a friend of mine who, who has something else and has a hard time moving. I just gave her a workout to do with soup cans mm -hmm. at home in her chair, you know, mm -hmm. like little, little things, anything you can do to move, to walk five minutes, 10 minutes. You know, I had a client who, um, couldn't walk five minutes on a treadmill because she had so much inflammation in her body. Couldn't mm -hmm. walk more than five minutes. She does the whole 30. She's now, well, I think she's on a whole 60. She's, you know, she was 40 days in and she's now walking 15 to 20 minutes on the treadmill. So Great. there's ways. So it's, it's just people need to understand there are things you can do. And these are ways like you, you do this podcast and it's wonderful because you want these people have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself. You have to find a way to make life easier on you so you can make it better for yourself and for others. That's the yeah. only way to do it. Well, you know, I don't think people give themselves enough grace or patient enough. You know, when you are dealing with some type of disease or inflammation or you just added on weight, sometimes moving your body on a treadmill or trying to run outside or anything, it hurts. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. you don't want to do it because you're like, oh, I can't do that because it hurts. But if you just give yourself time and find modifications and right. stick with it and have consistency over time, it doesn't hurt as bad or it doesn't hurt anymore. And you're able to take it to the next level. And that's when you start seeing changes, not only physically, but mentally as well. Right. And do you hurt because you're not moving 
or you, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's like, yeah. what came first, the chicken or the egg? Maybe mm-hmm. you weren't moving enough and now you're hurting. Yeah. And so then you've got to try to flip the script. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, between the eating and doing a little bit more every day, if, if it means doing five minutes one day and six minutes the next, then, then that's how you start. You know, it's got to, it's got to start somewhere, but not moving is not good. I know never for me have my doctors very rarely have they told me not to do anything. So obviously if you have an injury, you've got to scale something down, but not moving has never worked for me for healing an injury. I have to move somehow. And yeah, and it's gotta, it's, it's gotta be that way. And so, you know, it doesn't matter how little it is. And as you know, there's no one size fits all workout or activity for everybody because everybody's going to be different depending on you know what their pain level is and and what kind of limitations they have but there's always a way there there's something you can do sure now if someone that you know has ms how can a loved one support them you know it's hard too because i have friends who have it and one of them is like me who doesn't have um very many symptoms, but the other one is going in the other direction. Mm. And uh, it's very difficult for me to watch him progress from primary to, uh, you know, from relapsing remitting to primary progressive, now to secondary progressive. Mm. And I can tell you that uh, don't let them be alone a lot because it can be depressing. Um, So alone is not good. So if someone were to live alone, I would be concerned because again, it is easy to get depressed, especially if you've got limitations, you know, he's dizzy. He gets dizzy a lot. He could fall, you know, he has to walk with a cane. Uh, It's just, it's so, you really have to understand that you might not outwardly always see everything that's going on, but internally they're dealing with something. Um, And you have to understand that. So like with me, I don't really say very much when I'm having some issues, but know that it is still something I have to deal with. I'm not ignorant enough to think that, to think that like, look, this is over. Hey, this is a breeze. I've, I've got this under control. I do have it under control, but you can look at me and not know there's anything going on, but I still deal with having MS. So you have to understand, you know, that whatever that person needs and everybody's different, and whatever you can do to help them, just don't let them be be alone. That would be my thing, you know, get them out in public, get them out to do things. Don't let them stay in their house and be a hermit. Yeah. That stuff's no good. You know, try to get them out to do activities, you know, encourage them, encourage them to, to find a way to exercise, you know, diet can be tough, as you know, to talk to people about, but, you know, maybe encourage them. Hey, I did a whole 30 I thought it was really great. Hey, you know, I've seen these other success stories with MS. Maybe, maybe this could help you. You know, it's worth a try. I mean, it's better than trying, you know, some of the medicines that we take have risks, you know, but there's no risk really in in trying to shore up your diet and doing a whole 30. So I think that, that people can do more than they think, but just understand that even if they, the other person doesn't tell you, they are dealing with something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing with MS. You can't look at somebody and be like, oh, they got MS, you know, and they might right, be fighting right. a lot of emotions or feeling depressed about their limitations now. But, you know, even just being there to listen, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, is a big sure. part of it too, is a big deal to supporting someone as well. 
and positivity. I think it's a positivity. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm fortunate enough. I kind of didn't mention the attitude part when you asked about, you know, self-care, but I think that is part of my self-care. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's the attitude I have about everything that just, you know, everybody else got way more upset about me having MS than I did because mm-hmm. I was like, look, but I also am married to a very positive person. So, you know, I have a positive person built in next to me, but some people don't, but if, you, if there's a way you can help them be positive and just like you said, listen, offer positive responses, like it, it, it does make a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, your attitude is everything and everything in life. I tell you what. So, well, Christy, where can everyone find you and connect with you online to see what you're up to? Uh, well, I, I am on Instagram and Twitter, but um, the hashtag is at Coach K Whole 30, which all my Yukon friends think is funny since I don't like Duke very much. But. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone gets a kick out of that. And then I, um, I also have a website, uh, which is whole30coachchristy.com. So mm. that's usually where you can find me and all my, um, my activities. And there's a way to email me there. And of course, anyone can DM me anytime they have a question or anything else. That's great. Thank you so much for this conversation. I'm so glad to highlight um, MS Awareness Month and having your positivity and your so many good tips, I think will really, you know, shed some light on it, but also maybe give people a little bit of hope that they can live a positive life, even with MS. And thank you for helping to get the message out and for doing this during MS Awareness Month. We appreciate it. You betcha. Thank you so much, Christy, for sharing your story. There's so many wonderful takeaways from you and your MS journey and just your overall positive attitude that I think a lot of us could apply towards our lives regardless if you're living with MS or another disease or not. So let's get into those. Number one, my biggest takeaway was taking control of the uncontrollable. (laughs) How timely is that with everything going on in our world right now with the coronavirus? Like Christy mentioned, when she received her MS diagnosis, that felt like a situation that was completely uncontrollable. She couldn't do anything to change that. However, she decided to focus on the things she could control, starting with her food, starting with the whole 30, starting with moving her body, her meditation, sleep, those big factors that she mentioned as part of her self-care that really helps her thrive while living with MS. And I feel like you could apply this to many other areas of your life as well, considering everything that's going on. So taking control, take the control back. Okay. So like right now the coronavirus is going on. We're all quarantined. What can you can control? You can control your attitude. You can control your mindset. You can flip those negative thoughts to positive thoughts. Now you could also control what you're consuming media wise. Okay. Social media, the news, Getting consumed by that is going to make you feel extra anxious or stressful. I know for me it does. So I'm controlling how much I'm getting exposed to that. I want to be informed, but I don't want to be completely overwhelmed by all the news going on. So you can, like I said, you can apply this towards many other areas of your life as well, but control the uncontrollable. Focus on what you can control. Number two, her biggest tip for supporting someone with MS is just being there. You know, just showing up, listening, and being there. When you receive a diagnosis like that, from what I've learned from my friends who have been diagnosed with MS, 
there's a lot of unknown and it takes a while to diagnose MS because it shows up in so many different ways and people and there's flare ups that can happen. And sometimes, you know, it may not be visible to someone that you have that someone has MS. So being a little bit more sensitive, compassionate, and just being there showing up for someone and just listening to them. They don't need your advice. Um, They don't need you to, you know, compare it to a situation you've personally been in. Just be there, show up, and listen. Don't let those people be alone. Like she mentioned, having a friend to just be there and listen is a really big support. Like I always say, and just through my self-care coaching, community is a big part of what we talk about. And community and connection is everything. It's something we crave. So just show up for somebody. Don't let them isolate themselves. And number three, my biggest takeaway, attitude. What is it? Your attitude determines your altitude. That's so true. So I know it's hard to stay positive when you find yourself in an uncontrollable situation, but your attitude determines everything. So try to stay positive. Like I said earlier, flip the negative script around in your head to positive things only and surround yourself with positive people. Like Christy mentioned, she's very blessed that she has a very positive husband who is able to support her through her journey and still does. But if you're finding yourself through around negative people, get away from those people. It's contagious, unfortunately. Negativity can be contagious. Or if it's someone you can't get away from, let them know like, hey, your negativity is not helping me right now and ask them to be more positive. Okay, so I I hope you leave this episode inspired and, you know, feel like maybe, you know, a little bit more about MS. I feel like I feel more informed now and better equipped to help my friends living with MS or anyone for that matter going through some type of disease. If you love today's episode, I would love it if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes. It helps the show get a little more exposure and easier to reach more and more people, which is the goal. And also give me a follow on Instagram at Emily Nichols Tutu or at Self Care Isn't Selfish Podcast. And I've included in the show notes information on my self care coaching and ways for you to connect with Christy if you want to learn a little bit more about what she does. So thanks for tuning in. I love you all. Like I mentioned before, we're all in this together. Stay connected, don't isolate yourself. Watch what you're consuming, (laughs) not only just food-wise, because I know it can be really easy to snack a bunch when you're stuck at home with your um, kids, which I'm finding to be true, but also think about what you're consuming with your mind and your mindset and in your heart. So show up for people. We're all in this together. Make your self-care a priority because as always, self-care isn't selfish. Bye. I'll see you next week.